What's going on? My name is Rebecca Walker and you are listening to the Life in Sports podcast, the show where we hear stories from dope individuals making huge waves in the sports industry. This season is all about running and we're going to be hearing from athletes, sports coaches, footwear designers, community leaders and more to learn about their life in sports. So welcome to another episode of the Life in Sports podcast. Today's guest hails from Colorado. He is the USA or one of a USA track and field running coach. He was men's running influence of the year in 2017, founder of the Strength Running and the Strength Running podcast. Jason, it's great to have you on today's episode. How are you doing? I'm good. Thanks so much for what a great introduction that was. I'm excited to be here. <laughs> I'm really excited to kind of dig deep in your story, actually, just because of what you do and obviously your own uh, brand and company that you um, have like started and set up and is thriving. Um, but I just wanted to start a little bit with just your career um, as a running coach. Obviously, for people who are from the UK who are listening, so the USA track and field national governing body of athletics is who you are running coach for. Um, and that's a pretty big deal. You know, I just would love for you to just kind of share with um, our listeners and share with me just like how you started that. So I'm assuming you might have like started as like a local coach and then obviously you get your qualifications and you build up, build up. And now you are where you are. Well, it's a good question. And uh, so the USA track and field coaching certification, uh, I think is really valuable for anybody who wants to become a coach. And I'm sure in the UK, there's a different national governing body for the sport. But here in the mm-hmm. States, it's USA track and field. Um, and the way I got started, you know, I, I first was a runner, I competed in cross country, indoor track, and outdoor track for all four years in high school and college. I was someone who started running and just instantly fell in love with it. I loved the the progress that I experienced as an athlete, and I really got hooked on that. So I, I knew that I wanted to continue running in college, and that's exactly what I did. And when I left college, I really felt like I wanted to be somewhat involved in the running industry, doing something, working with runners, because I was just so passionate about the sport. And... Um, you know, eventually that led me to purchase the strengthrunning.com domain name. Uh, no real foresight there. I just thought it was a cool name. <laughs> but, uh, you know, and that that's where I got started. And, and really the, the impetus for me starting strength running was my own failings as a runner. You know, I ran my first marathon back in 2008. And afterwards, I spent six months injured with IT band syndrome. It was a really tough time for me. And I knew that if I wanted to continue running at a high level and continue running fast for me, then I needed to revamp my training. I needed to change things because I did have this history with a lot of injuries. And Mm. I know a lot of runners experience that. It's kind of the price of training really hard to a certain extent. But I I knew that we could limit our risk of injury and train more strategically so that we could get more out of our training. And so that's what I wanted to share with runners when I started strengthrunning.com. Because once I was able to get healthy from that IT band injury, once I was back to training, I've really only had just about one major injury since then. And that was over 10 years ago. And so you know, it's been a, a really great journey for me. But I think I've had even more uh, rewarding experiences just helping other runners 
design more strategic training and helping them avoid a lot of the mistakes that I made myself. Did you just reach out to your friends, your fellow uh, runners um, that you'd been like running with in the past and people that you knew? Or were you just, let's just put it out there and let's see how many fish I catch? Like, what was the, how did you kind of grow your audience and bring people to your brand? Right. So at the beginning, uh, I was really just focused, not really on coaching, but on just providing as much value as I possibly could. I wanted to help people for free just to show them that, look, I'm here to help the running community. I'm not here just to get a couple clients and and line my pockets. That's not really what I'm all about. Uh, So at first... I started writing in the strength running blog and I really made an effort to try to make my content stand out from a lot of the other running blogs that were out there back in 2010. Uh, And for the first six months or so of the business, it really wasn't a business. I didn't make a single dime from from strength running at all. And, uh, you know, it, it was actually cash flow negative just because I was paying hosting fees and all that stuff. But for me, it was a long-term project. I really wanted to build strength running into something that I was really proud of. And so at the beginning, it was all about helping runners, creating great content, and then reaching out to other running blogs and, and publications like that uh, so that I could con- contribute content to them and help their audiences as well. I mean, I think you've done excellently because when I when I first reached out to you and I was looking at your content, I was like, whoa. And so when I came across your your website, Strength Running, I was like, oh, this is wicked. And your podcast, it was just so in-depth and so intricate. And I was just like, your tools and your resources were super tailored to, you know, a beginner runner, a runner who's been running for like many years. And so I was like, oh, I think you would have some really good gems to drop for anybody who's just starting up running or, you know, kind of in the crux of just their running career. So that is so great to hear. And I guess with like strength running, obviously you've got lots of content and you've got lots of like blog content and stuff like that. Does it feed into what you do, obviously with the national governing body in America or does is that completely separate? Yeah, that is separate. But the USA Track and Field is a coaching certification. So I had to go to an in-person course over three or four days, I believe. Okay. Uh, and that was held at a, a university. And you basically just have class all day. Uh, and then you, you have to take a test. And if you pass the test, then you get your level one coaching certification. And what does that test entail? What did you have to do? Well, I actually have the USATF coaching curriculum right behind me here. And uh, you basically have to demonstrate that you are competent uh, with your knowledge of not only all of the events in track and field, but the general training principles behind them. So there's sections on uh, biomechanics, training theory, physiology, but then also sport-specific events, things like the sprint events, the jumping events, the throwing events, and the endurance events. Uh, and so you kind of have to have a good background in track and field and how those races really work. And then mm. on the training side of things, you have to have a good understanding of physiology and how the body adapts to different training stresses for somebody like me who's kind of new into running obviously the biggest hurdle is the okay I've got I've got to run a 3k or 5k or 10k that's the biggest hurdle in your mind but I guess we don't always look we don't always think so much initially about the physiology of our body and because I think sometimes people want to get to their to the end and do the the longest distance but don't realize actually their body might need to work up a little bit before they get to the their first goal or their second goal 
And I guess like when you're coaching um, people and obviously the stuff that you do with strength running, like what are one of the, what are one of the first things that you would tell, or you would say, sorry, to a beginner runner um, about their physiology and about their mindset? Well, with regard to physiology, I, I think you hit the nail on the head there. Just understanding that it does take time for the body to recover from a certain training stress and then adapt to it. And I think one of the biggest mistakes that new runners make is just trying to do too much all at once. Mm. You know, you're trying to run high mileage, you're trying to, you know, do workouts and and run new distances for your long runs. And it's a very exciting time. I mean, I I was there and, you know, in high school <laughs> level. And then when I went to college, there's all these firsts, you know, the first time that you run all seven days in a week in a row, you know, the first time that you hit hit a certain weekly mileage level. And it's really exciting. But I think new runners just have to take a long-term perspective and know Mm. that, you know, it takes time. And as long as you're consistent, as long as you are progressively doing a little bit more or a little bit faster at a time over the long term, then you're going to get better. You're going to keep improving and your risk of an injury is going to be far lower. But you're definitely right. I think doing too much too soon before you're ready for it is the number one mistake that new runners make. Yeah, it's just, it's so, I guess there's a huge a huge part of that I think sometimes is because we are you're competing against yourself you know you're not necessarily competing against anybody else so if you're competing against yourself you're like well I need to get better I need to get better and then that can potentially sometimes put you in a bit of a awkward positioning and then if you do injure yourself or you know something happens it sets you back um and I and I really loved what you said about time because I think time is something that we have a lot of at the moment um and I obviously I don't know what it's like in Colorado but here in London honestly there have been so many runners taken to the street and it's been amazing because I I'm like are we going to be seeing a healthier fitter UK maybe this could be excellent um but it's just been really interesting just kind of watching people and and you can tell obviously who has just started and who's been running for a while um but I've kind of been joining some of these like running communities and it's just been, that's been a big struggle for a lot of people actually starting off, starting running, but competing against themselves. And I guess like, what would you say um, to just kind of encourage them, you know, to not stress out if they're not really hitting the times at all the speeds that they want to? Yeah, that's that's pretty much every runner's big concern, right? I'm, I'm not <laughs> yeah. as fast as I want to be. <laughs> I'm not as, you know, uh, I'm not capable of running as much as I'd like to. Uh, it's a big concern for a lot of runners, uh, whether you're a mm-hmm. new runner, whether you have a decade of experience under your belt. Um, I, I, you know, I just think it's helpful to focus on improvement and progress. Mm-hmm. You know, are you doing, are you capable of more today than you were a month ago? And if the answer is yes, or maybe if the answer is no, but there's a good reason for it, then there really isn't any good reason to, you know, beat yourself up about it. You know, uh, there's, there's a lot of things that runners can do to keep improving, to keep, you know, uh, progressing and getting their race times down and being capable of running more than what they're capable of today. And so, mm-hmm. you know, we, we don't really need to take a look at our training and beat ourselves up over it, you know, we can just take a look at our training and think to ourselves, what is the next logical step? What is what is next for me? Should I increase the distance of my long run? Should I make my workouts more challenging? Should I try to run higher weekly mileage? Uh, there's a lot of things that we can do. And mm-hmm. I try to tell my athletes, let's be proactive and positive. 
Let's focus on what we can control. Let's not worry about what we can't control. And instead, just take a look at our training and do the best we can. Because I think, especially if you're a new runner, that's all mm. we can do. We can simply do the best we can and try to do a little bit better today than we did yesterday or the week before. When you, you said about kind of, do you up your mileage or, you know, doing adding workouts into your your running routine? I think one of the things I've probably struggled with since, start, like, since starting running in January is kind of finding that, because again, what we were just what you said about every runner is always trying to compete for the the next best time and the next best speed. But I think I've definitely found a bit of a struggle between doing endurance rather than just going for the distance. So like improving my speed, like that's taken a lot longer. But then being able to run further, I feel like has happened quite quickly. Um, and I just like sometimes I'm like, why does that happen? Yeah, that makes sense. Um, you know, different elements of your fitness progress at different rates. So for mm -hmm. example, uh, your, you know, general endurance, your aerobic fitness, that'll progress a lot more quickly than say your structural fitness or the strength of your bones and muscles and connective tissues. And that's one of the reasons why being a new runner is also a risky time for injuries because mm -hmm. you are going to be able to run more before your body is really capable of running more. So, you know, your cardiovascular system, your heart and your lungs will be capable of going for a five or 10 mile run well before your muscles and your connective tissues and tendons and, and really your body's support uh, structures are really ready for that. So I think it's just really important to take things slow at first and, and not rush into the, the higher mileage levels. Uh, mm. and you know, the speed work is, is a big injury risk too. You know, it's absolutely necessary to get faster and to keep improving. It's a big part of what runners do, but at the same time, you know, we have to be aware that there are risks to running harder workouts. You know, every step that you take, there's more impact force traveling up your body. Uh, it's just a more stressful kind of experience than if you were just running at an easy effort. Uh, so what I tell new runners is, you know, let's add in some faster running while you're, you know, just building up your consistency and, and trying to run a little bit uh, longer every week. But it doesn't necessarily have to be hard. And, and that's a big distinction is separating fast from hard. So a good example is running strides. A stride is basically an acceleration that you would do after an easy run. So you'd finish up an easy run, let's say you ran five kilometers, and then you would run a series of 100 meter accelerations where you build up to about 95 or 98% of your maximum speed, but then you only hold that for one or two seconds and then you coast to a stop and you get a full recovery. You're only walking for like, you're, you're walking for like a minute or a minute and a half. Your heart rate comes all the way down in between. So it's not very difficult, but it is very fast. You do practice running fast. And over time, doing consistent strides really helps you work on your turnover and your leg speed. And it makes the transition to more challenging workouts a lot easier. And so that is a, just a quick example of a great way to work on your speed in a way that's not so stressful. And you can do that while you're building your mileage uh, before you get into those more challenging workouts. That's really, really helpful. Really helpful. Because I think again speed is always at the forefront more so than the building up of um your endurance and especially when you were just saying about um the connective tissues and your bones getting stronger and building up muscle i guess like how often 
I'm, you might respond saying it depends on, you know, who you are, your body type, your, your physiology, but like roughly just how often, how long, sorry, does it take for your body to really adjust and then, you know, build up these like muscle tissues and stronger bones and um, stronger tendons and whatever else happens in the body when we run? Yeah. So if you are running or doing strength training, it is going to take about three weeks or so for those adaptations to really start being realized in your body. Um, so yeah, it, it takes a while. And so that that's why we can't really rush our training. Uh, it's always a good idea as a new runner to do strength training. And mm. I have this concept that's pretty simple. It's called uh, sandwiching. We are going to sandwich your run and make a run sandwich. And all that means, I know it's kind of goofy, but <laughs> it means that we are going to start your, uh, your training session with a dynamic warm up, a series of dynamic flexibility exercises, some light strength exercises. And that's your warm up before you go running. And then after your run, you're going to complete a 10 to 20 minute body weight, strength, or runner-specific core routine. And this is a really great way to work on your athleticism, your general fitness, your flexibility and range of motion, as well as your strength and, and gaining this strength, not just in your muscles, but putting some extra stress on your bones and connective mm -hmm. tissues to get stronger as well. So it's a really easy way to combine your running with some light strength work. And it's great because once you've developed this habit of making a run sandwich with all of your runs, then it becomes really hard to break out of that habit. And so now you're always doing a dynamic warm-up. You're always doing some post-run strength work. And you know that's how some of the best runners in the world structure their training. They never just go for a run. They're always doing some warm-up activities and then some cool-down activities after the run. What has been like your mantra when training athletes over the years? So what word have you kind of adopted that you would say is a Jason Fitzgerald uh, term, uh, piece of terminology that is there to encourage your athletes and even encourage yourself, you know, kind of coming from your high school to college and now obviously being a qualified coach? What word or phrase um, has kind of defined that? Well, when I think back on things, and this certainly isn't my word or, or you know, trademarked in any way, but I, it all really comes back down to progress. I want my athletes to experience progress. And that progress can take a lot of different forms. That can be, you know, they get through an entire training season without any injuries. I consider that big progress, especially if you're a runner who does have a history of running injuries. I, I consider uh, training advancements to be big time progress because, you know, I like to say that you first have to set some training PRs before you then go and set some race PRs. And so training PRs are things like uh, more consistently running. So maybe you run you know, five days a week instead of four days a week. That's great. Maybe you're running higher mileage or you're more consistently completing a long run or you're just running longer long runs. So there's a lot of different ways to take that next step with your training. But as long as we are progressing in one way or the other, then runners can be confident knowing that their fitness is improving, it's progressing, and then that means they're going to improve and get better as runners. So I'm always looking for progress, whether that's with my running, with my athletes, with strength running, the business. I just want to be looking at what are things that we can improve? What can we do a little bit more of? What can we be more efficient with so that we can just get more out of ourselves and out of this great sport? 
Have you kind of faced any other things that have tried to hinder you in your in starting up strength running or in your own running career? Uh, could you just share just a little bit about that if that's the case? Yeah, that's a good question. I think when it comes to my own personal running, you know, I've probably been limited by the same things that most other runners are limited by. Uh, number one is injuries. Uh, I've had a fair number of injuries over my running career. And injuries, you know, they they really hold you back in a lot of different ways. They, they knock your confidence and they really sabotage your mindset. Uh, and then they also just prevent you from training. And so you get detrained, you lose fitness, you lose opportunities to do workouts and race. So yeah, the, the injury thing is, is a big part of it. Um, and then, you know, the other thing that I think I've been hindered by is just a lack of knowledge. Uh, mm. I started getting really interested in the training side of running when I was in college. I wanted to read all the training books there were. I wanted to know why we were doing certain workouts. And uh, now that I'm coaching as well, and and part of my coaching is just producing helpful coaching material for runners so that uh, they can increase their own knowledge about the sport. Uh, and, and I think a lack of knowledge means that you're going to make you know, poor training decisions, you're going to make more mistakes. And that's going to open you up to the other obstacles that cause problems for runners, things like injuries. So, you know, my advice to new runners is, look, if you like this sport, you want to continue with it, and you want to improve and see what you're capable of, let's learn more about the sport. Let's pick up a good training book. Let's take a course. You know, let's invest in your running so that you can get better and make better training decisions. You know, I like to say that knowledge is a competitive advantage. And the more you know, the better, more strategic decisions you're going to make about how you're structuring that training. What word now or phrase have you adopted that's going to propel you next for whether that's strength running or as a coach? Like what, what is it that you want to kind of take to the next level as a runner, as a coach, as an athlete? Well, a couple words come to mind. I mean, uh, one thing that's been with me for a long time has just been consistency. And that's been helpful with my running. You know, I like to call consistency the secret sauce of successful running. The only way you're (laughs) going to get better is if you consistently train. Um, But, you know, that also applies to any business and especially a business like strength running that relies on uh, our content. You know, I am producing video and blog and podcast material for runners every single week. And I'm going to continue to do that consistently uh, into the future. And I've, I've actually, because of coronavirus, I've started increasing my my content production. And so I'm a, I'm a little crazy over here trying to do everything, but <laughs> I think I'm going to try to keep <laughs> that up because, um, you know, it's just my contribution to the running community and, yeah. and getting people to think more strategically about their, about their training. Um, but one of the things that I love about the word progress and the way that it's really defined my running and my entrepreneurial side of my life is that, you know, I'm going to continue relying on that word. I'm going to continue just trying Mm. to make progress based on where I'm at today. Just one thing before we finish up, you you were saying that obviously you're doing lots of content at the moment. And one of the things I saw on your socials is this virtual runs. You're doing virtual runs of different people. And I just wanted to know, like, how does that work doing a virtual run? Like how, what, what is that all about? 
Yeah, so these are virtual races. So it's not a real sanctioned official race. There are no races right now. Um, so what a lot of folks have been doing are running virtual races. And what it is is that you have uh, a certain distance that everyone agrees to race and you use your GPS watch, your which is hooked up to Strava usually. And uh, I've done a 5K, a 10K, and a half marathon. And you just go out and you, you try to run really hard and, and post a good time. And uh, the difference is that, you know, there's no competitors. There's no fans lining the, the race course cheering for you. There's no announcer. There's really just you and your watch. And so... Uh, if you, if you get it measured accurately and it's uploaded to Strava, whoever's organizing the virtual race will then put all the race results together. You know, if everyone ran 5k, okay, here's the order of times. And of course it's not the same as a real race. Everyone ran a different (laughs) course and some are more challenging than others, but it's still a nice way to stay motivated as a runner, to Mm. give yourself an opportunity to run a, a hard effort. And I also think right now it's just a great way to connect with the broader running community because, you know, we're not at races. We're not doing group runs right now. It's kind of a, a tricky time to be a runner. Yeah. And uh, these are giving us a different opportunity to, to connect and, you know, compete with one another in a fun way. Well, Jason, I just want to say thank you so much for chatting with me. Um, it has actually, you have flooded me with a lot of things to think about and and you've shared a lot of knowledge um make sure you check out jason's podcast the strength running podcast with jason Fitzgerald. it's excellent um, thank you again jason and we will definitely catch you all next time on another episode of life in sports thanks for listening to the life in sports podcast big up yourselves make sure you follow me on all socials at life in playlists